Am I up to early? Do you have another song? No other song, okay. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, welcome back uh, to Skyview. For those of you who are here for the first time, we trust that you will experience the joyous presence of the Lord. It's a little different, isn't it? Uh, veiled faces is perhaps one way we can talk about it. But I trust this morning that you have already, through Kelly and the team's leadership, experienced the wonderful grace of the Lord Jesus Christ with us. Before I read a scripture and share a brief message, and all God's people says, no, not brief. <laughs> um, I would like to just point us towards the source of our hope. Uh, it's, it's easy, it's easy uh, to today in particular become more and more self-reliant as we try to work our way through so many changes. But the church is always known, has always practiced a faith of dependency. A faith that says we need God. Without Him, we are not. To be Christian is to say that, that we are a people that recognize in and of ourselves, in our own strength, with all our thoughts and ideas, and as smart and as uh, figured out as we may be, that the things of God does not get accomplished in our world apart from God. And that each one of us, individually and together as a church, is invited into a dynamic relationship with our source of life. <laughs> To be in this relationship with God is the source of life for us, and it is the power we need to live faithfully. So when we meet and when we gather, when we hear the word, when we sing songs, we do it as a people of faith that believes God is not only with us, but He indwells His people and His church through His Spirit. That we are worshipers in spirit and in truth. And so this morning, I want to invite you to join me to pray together as ones who believe that God is with us, that God inhabits us, that His Spirit is at work within us, and significantly, His Spirit desires to work through us. We are a church that is not only focused on this dynamic relationship for our sake, but we believe that God wants to, through us, not only as individuals, but as a community of faith, extend His grace and mercy to every crevice of society. We believe that we have been called, filled by His Spirit, to be a part of His work. And so when we pray, we do not only pray for ourselves, though that is important. We pray for others. We pray for our world, because we desire to see God's grace extended to everyone. The church I grew up in, they didn't really listen to you praying because everybody was busy praying. And that's very confusing sometimes. The loudest voices are often heard. I say that to say to you today that as we pray now, as much as I'd like you to listen to me, I wonder perhaps if you would pray, if you would come to this good father that has been sung about, whether perhaps the place you start is to say, God, I need you. I've tried life on my own, it doesn't work. I've tried to overcome things in my own strength that doesn't work. Maybe it begins with each one of us starting with our dependence and need of God today. But then would you hear the cry of our world for a God to save it? The cry of our world for a God to restore it? 
the cry of our neighbors for the love and grace that comes from Jesus Christ. And may you then pray in accordance with his will for his world. Let us pray. Father, there is many things, there are many things that we can pray for and ask for today. We could begin with what matters to us. And we thank you that your word says that we can ask of you that you are a God of many resources that is able to supply our needs. But we begin this morning acknowledging that you alone are God and that we are your people. We desire to live in your ways, to bring glory to your name. Remind us today that as we enter into this time together of singing and listening and, 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 and participating in prayer, that we do so as a people who have come to know that God is good, that God is faithful, that you are more than we need for our own lives, but that you also desire for us to become a people pleasing unto you. So we ask, dear God, that you would grant us the wisdom to know what it means to be your people for such a time as this. We don't des desire to become uh, appealing for appealing sake. We don't desire to be a church that, that does things just to look good. We desire to be a church in which your spirit inhabits your people and through whom your spirit moves us into your work. We desire to be a church that is filled with the power of God so that our witness brings praise and glory to the one who the scriptures define as the beginning and the end. We desire today to not only be hearers of your word, but that your word would set us apart for your work. So may we hear with open hearts, may we hear with open ears, may from the youngest, even the babies here, may we be immersed in the grace of God for his church and for his people. Father, as we look to our community, as we look to our world, we pray that you would continue to grant wisdom to those in power making decisions to help us move through this pandemic. We thank you for what we have. We thank you for the provision that we have in this part of the world. But we pray that you would extend wisdom and grace to all regions, all people that are in need of your care, of your healing today. Comfort those who are mourning in this season. Be with those for whom this pandemic is not something to survive, but this pandemic has taken a loved one from them. Be present with them in ways that transcend the words we can offer, that only your presence can bring. And then, Father, we think even beyond our city, and, 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 and we, we think about that family who is mourning today, that, that little boy who survived that atrocious, act, uh, that atrocious act that took all of his family members in London, Ontario. We pray, dear God, that our world would be drawn to the grace of God that helps us to see others through your eyes. That we would be a people of grace and compassion that does not seek to harm or injure even those who do not believe what we believe. For you have come to save everyone. For you love all of creation. So, dear God, be with that little boy. 
and help the church of God in this season of life to be hope for the hopeless. Help the church of God to be gracious unto its neighbor. May your spirit bear much fruit in and through us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Nothing left to preach, I just said it all. John 15 verses 1 through 9 says this. I know there's a lot of children with us today, so I'll be brief. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. You have already been pruned. Things have already been cut back in you by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. On a scale of 1 to 10, how is your relationship with Jesus? How is your abiding today? Um, if you were to think of it this way, that, you know, if you were to ask somebody close to you, someone that you're in a relationship with, how you are doing in relationship with them, what would they say about you today? What would Jesus say about how that relationship is going? One of the implications of this text is that, is that Jesus seems to suggest that those who know him, those who abide in him, will know the love of the Father, but their lives would also show evidence of such abiding. In other words, Jesus would have us understand as the church of God today that we are called into this dynamic relationship with him in which that relationship ultimately changes us. That relationship ultimately makes us more and more the people of God. You know, many people have been saying that we want to get through this pandemic. Can I get an amen? If you don't want to speak, just nod your head. I want to get through it. I'm just about as tired as the most tired person here today, which is moms of little kids of this pandemic. But where's what the pandemic has done? The pandemic has kind of been like a pruning, hasn't it? It has been a cutting back of things in our life that fill our lives. Now, I don't know much about rose bushes, so I did some research. I found out that rose bushes are some of the most ordinary plants to get to cooperate and produce good roses. In fact, I learned this. Are you impressed with my horticultural knowledge this morning, Brother Azim? I've learned that in order for a rose bush, just, not just to produce numerous roses that are not of good quality, that a rose bush has to be pruned back 
so that the sun can really get to it. In fact, a rose bush often stands in its own light, preventing itself from getting what it needs. So the smart rose bush trimmer knows how to take back and take away things in order that the rose can get what it needs to produce a quality rose. Anybody convinced yet to invite me over to trim your rose bushes? I just think that this pandemic as a whole has kind of taken some things away. You know, when you follow Jesus, you, you, you soon realize that he's not just in the supplying kind of position of life. He's not just the one who wants to give us more things. That sometimes in order to follow him, in order to abide in him, in order to be his people and his church, that there's times where some things need to go. I think that as we think about moving through this particular season, this pandemic, that it is a good time for us to not move so fast that our lives become so full that the light of God's grace cannot shine upon our souls. That was a good statement. I think that it's important for us as the church for such a time as this, and I'll get into the text in a moment, but I just want to say this to you. It's really important that we do not go back to a life that is so filled with things that we cannot receive from God that which he gives to us by his spirit. Some of us have never been in a place of such pruning, such cutting back. Do you know that the Christian perspective of hard times ought to be different? The Apostle Paul would say it this way. He would say that God's grace is made manifold in his weakness. That the grace of God is sufficient not only for the good seasons of life, but the grace of God is present in particular in the desert wanderings of the people of God, in the temptations, in the challenges, in the resistance, in the opposition. Therefore, the Apostle Paul says, when I am weak, I am strong because his grace is sufficient. The church of God develops a different perspective when it seeks to live out of this relationship and not as a, just a recipient of good things, but people that are being formed to live life as it comes to them to the glory of God. That even pandemics, with all that it brings to our lives and takes away, can be used by the grace of God to renew our strength and to grow us up. So this morning, Pastor Ryan, Pastor Brittany, give me an amen. What does it mean to abide in Jesus? What does it mean? What is the invitation of the text? You know, the temptation of preaching is as always you, you feel like, uh, Sam, you have to come up with something new. So that, you know, you could leave here going, I felt like I learned something. Have you ever noticed how that sometimes we don't need to learn more things, we just need to believe what we already know? That sometimes what we need as the church is just to be reminded through the Word of God that Jesus is not trying to make things complex. By the way, this is kind of the night before his crucifixion, so this is kind of, you know, 
a farewell speech. They call it, when you study the Bible, kind of the upper room discourse. Jesus is kind of imparting some important values and ideas and thoughts about how to live when he's not with them. And he starts off by kind of saying to them that, 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 that I am the vine. I am the source of what will give you life. And I, I think when you think about it that way, you've got to kind of put yourself in the feet of the disciples and say, but you know, but you just told us you're leaving. How are we going to abide in you? <laughs> you just told us you're going. I mean, we're not sure what this life now will look like in your absence. But all of this particular portion of Scripture in John would point for, paint us a picture that this abiding is made possible by God through His Spirit. But here's how we begin. Here's how we enter in. It's simple, but hard. Whatever Jesus asked of his disciples, he did himself. There is nothing that Jesus invites us to do that he did not do. In fact, he abide, he learned how to abide in the Father. He learned how to abide in the Father by becoming obedient to the will of the Father. Put simply, we learn to live in this relationship by responding uh, to the Word of God, to what God asks us to do. Another way of saying it, we learn to abide by trusting and obeying. For those my age and older, there's a song that goes with that, isn't there? There is a sense in which perhaps we want to make things a little bit more complex than it needs to be. Now, this is not the starting point to abiding, but it is one of the ways in which we learn to remain in God. We learn to trust Him and to obey His Word. Now, get this. What is the Word that is before the disciples? It begins in John 1.35 where Jesus says, Come and follow me. And they begin to follow Him. And when we start to abide in Christ, I think one of, the, one of the implications of listening to His Word is to hear His call for each one of us and to begin to follow Him. Now, following can just be like this metaphor, symbolic way of thinking about the Christian life. I'm following Jesus down a nice little narrow, you know, nice safe road. But when Jesus invites His disciples to abide in Him by beginning to follow Him, He's taking them on a journey that none of them were really ready for. He's teaching them that when they begin to follow and listen to his invitation, that when they begin to follow after him, that that following will take them to difficult places, challenging places. The cross looms over this entire narrative. The cross looms over this text in such a way as to say, that when you want to abide in me, you're going to learn what the Apostle Paul learned, that you're not only going to share in the power of what that means, but you may even share in the implications of suffering for what that means. Very few people, I think, tend to think that if I want to abide in Jesus, it comes without pain. It comes without suffering. It comes without a cross. Perhaps that's the reason why when we as Christians go through difficult times, we wonder. We ask questions of God like, why do I have to struggle when I'm trying to do the right thing? 
You ever been there? It's, it, it, is, it is exemplified in my own journey as a father. When, when I try to, to do something for my children sometimes, I've got phenomenal children, by the way. I happen to believe I have the best kids. I share them with Ruthann. But when I, when I, 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 I'm a father to my kids and I, 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 I'm saying things, doing things that I believe perhaps they ought to grasp, sometimes they, they feel that, you know, I, 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 it's, it's not fair what I'm asking of them because it should look different. It maybe even should feel different. They should want to do what I want to do or want them to do because that's kind of how we are conditioned as human beings. And yet when we listen to the word of God, we are invited into the kind of obedience that is shaped by the cross in such a way that we are willing to follow Jesus even when it means that we start denying ourselves. That we allow the priority of Christ to take things away. For, for God to put his, his tremors right at the, the root of some things that just keeps us from growth. Uh, last year we had a tree that died right in the front of our house. And uh, it's about 18 years old. And I'm sad, actually. I cut that tree down on Friday. You would how help me. Uh, I don't know if I should be admitting that publicly, but we did it safely. And after we brought this big tree down and cut it down, I spent the whole day yesterday, my wife and I, just cutting it up into small pieces. And it's only good, it's only good for my really awesome fire pit now. You know, I, 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 I feel like sometimes... We as the church <laughs> have to start recognizing that when we detach ourselves from God through living in contrary ways to what he's asking of us, that the some end, according to the text, is something that dies. Something that becomes what it was not intended to be. I wonder if part of the resistance to following Jesus for the disciples was that they had hopes that didn't take them through the cross. They had hopes that didn't take them through suffering. If we are to abide in Christ and begin to listening to his word, to trusting him and following after him, maybe we ought to develop a perspective that says things may get hard and difficult. This season of a pandemic has felt like a pruning for me. I've had to let go of some things. I, I want to suggest to you, and, and, and I, hope, I hope this is making sense. In my mind, this is awesome. That sometimes becoming the people God wants us to be doesn't feel good. Sometimes becoming the people of God doesn't feel the way we think. But not only are we called to trust and obey, but we are called 
to depend and trust upon the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus, he said in the beginning of John's gospel that he wants to do the will of the Father. He was a person that modeled for disciples what it means to be obedient. But he was also a person who showed them how to live their life in dependence of the Holy Spirit like he did. Do you know that Jesus, according to the Gospel of Luke, from the beginning, it says the Spirit was at his conception. That he was anointed by the Spirit. That he was filled with the Spirit, sealed by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, rejoiced in the Spirit, gave commands by the Spirit, performed miracles by the power of the Spirit, was resurrected by the Spirit, and through the Spirit presented himself fully obedient unto God. If we are to abide, it's not only about our obedience, but it is also about learning to trust in the Spirit that has been given to us. Perhaps one of the problems to our growth could be a lack of obedience, and we are called to follow even into hard places, but maybe one of the reasons our life does not reflect perhaps the grace that ought to be there in different and difficult seasons, is that we have failed to lean into the work of the Spirit in our lives. Maybe I'll say it this way. If Jesus was so dependent on the Spirit, what about us? What about us? If Jesus did his ministry in the power of the Spirit, what about us? If Jesus was obedient even unto death, being led by the Spirit, what about us? Let me put it simply as I close. We have to learn to trust and obey. Trust is essential to obedience, especially when God asks hard things of us. If you don't trust him, you won't give it up. <laughs> but more significant, I think, for us in this season as a church is to unwrap the gift that has been given. You know what it says in the Gospel of John that Jesus breathed the Spirit upon his disciples. You know what the Gospel of Luke teaches us that Jesus says, don't do anything until you wait for the gift that I'm going to give you. And do you know that the church was birthed, not with a good philosophy or mission statement, but by those who were filled with the Spirit of God. People have asked me over the years, they've said different things about my ministry, sometimes good things. As I'm getting older, some people are asking me questions like, you know, how do, I, how do I stay in ministry for a long time? You know you're getting old when people ask you that question, don't you? I'm still young at heart and young. But one of the things that I've come to realize, uh, friends, and I say this to you with all sincerity, you can have all the charisma, can have all the theological training as a pastor. You can even be a very relational person. 
But the work of the church to transform people into the ways of Christ is not done by a pastor without full reliance upon him who is my power, who is my source of life, and who is my strength. I wonder, I, I don't know how to facilitate this. I know that for some, this just sounds like, well, it's, you know, again, we heard about the Spirit. Important about this, you know, Spirit's important. But I wonder if perhaps for each one of us, there's this very, very clear invitation today to start trusting God much more than we do. When is the last time that some of us here spent time before we made any decision saying, God, I really need your wisdom and your leading? When is the last time some of us here said, God, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this, but I'm going to put my faith and trust in you, and I'm going to, going to depend upon you to get me through, even if it is hard. When is the last time that the Spirit moved your heart in such a way that it affected what you did with your time and with your priorities? When is the last time that the Spirit whispered to your heart and to your mind, this is what I ask of you. This is what I want from you. You know what's implicit in the text is not that we have to go and seek after the Spirit as much as we have to be open to the Spirit that is at work within us. But some of us don't. Some of us are tempted to go life on our own. It just doesn't work that way. Jesus says, I abide in you. Please abide in me. <laughs> I've given my spirit to you. Please live according to the spirit. I've given you everything so that you may be who I want you to be. Now live in accordance with my word and my ways. And our lives will look remarkably different. Bearing fruit that reveals we know him. I wonder this morning if you would join me in prayer. Maybe um, there is a particular invitation that the Lord has for you. Maybe he's asking for some things to be taken, to be given up, to be pruned away, to be cut away. So maybe the question that some have to ask, what is, stands in the way of God's light, his grace really shining upon my life? I know we have to do this as a church as well. We, we have to ask ourselves, what are the things we do that just keeps God from doing what he wants to do and needs to do? This pandemic has given our church the opportunity to let go of things that really doesn't matter. Maybe it's an opportunity for us to let go of things that really doesn't matter. Maybe there's someone here who says, you know, Stu, you speak of the Spirit of God, but I haven't experienced God's Spirit in my life. I, I don't know what that looks like. I, I wonder if perhaps I missed it. 
I'm reminded always of the text in which Jesus says, you know, listen, the Father is good that when you ask him for a good gift, he'll give it to you. And if you ask him for the Spirit, he will. (laughs) Maybe today there's someone who says, I need the Holy Spirit to fill my life. You know, the Holy Spirit does wonderful things. It it gives us confidence. It, It reminds us that we are loved. It teaches us how to be good children. And so today, maybe there's someone who says, it's not so much what I have to give up, it's what I need to receive. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for a church who listens to your word and for a people who desire to follow in your ways. There's no doubt that most of these folks who sit here and who listen online, along with this pastor, desires to follow in your ways. We just acknowledge today that sometimes we try to do that in our own strength, and sometimes we don't listen that well. Your word to us is not a new word, but it is a word that is intended to remove the clutter, remove the things that keeps us from who we ought to be in you. So grant us the confidence, the honesty to confess to you now those things that keeps your grace from our life. To confess to you perhaps the sins that keeps us from trusting you and following you. We have come to rely upon your grace, but Father, we also know that we can step outside of that We can keep you at bay when we don't listen to your word. I pray for those of us who have been following you and life has become a little hard and difficult as we've tried to be faithful. And there's many here that I know, fathers, sincere in their following. I pray that you would grant us all a perspective of what it means to abide in you that even includes hard times. We all have crosses to bear. Help us to bear it well. Help the burdens we carry in life not to make us sour towards you or towards others, resentful towards you or towards others. Help us, Lord, that as we learn to follow you, as your spirit is at work within us, even if you're leading us through some very difficult times, that we would put our faith and our confidence in you and that we would still have your joy amidst it all. Only by your spirit can you make this possible. And then, Father, we pray for our community of faith, for after all, your word is not just for me and for us individually, it is for us as a people belonging to you. May we be a people who follow well and a people who are open to your Holy Spirit. Fill us anew and afresh so that we would bear the fruit in accordance with your Spirit's presence at work within us. May you help us all according to your word and according to your will. Amen. Before I offer a benediction, I just want to share with you that we are, as a church, thinking about what comes next. And as things change and as we anticipate things moving towards a reopening uh, that will be uh, 
different to what we've experienced over the last year and a half. We are trying to be wise and thoughtful. Uh, we do want to make sure that you as a church know what to expect. And so in the coming weeks, as we work through decisions based upon how things uh, progress within our communities and our city and our province, we will be updating you both through our newsletter. Please, if you haven't subscribed, contact our office. That's how we communicate to most, most of our information. But also through email and on our website. Um, as a pastor, I understand not everybody's going to be at the same place. Not everybody's going to be ready to come back. <laughs> not everybody's going to feel comfortable with a lot of people. And so we're going to continue to stream online. We thank the Lord for a wonderful team that does that for us every week. But we're also going to move gracefully, patiently <laughs> towards worshiping together as a church again. And so we ask for your patience. We ask for your understanding. Above all things, we ask for your prayer.